Welcome to Marvel Cinematic University, the show where we talk about everything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm your host for today, Jay Christie. Uh, Anthony Canton III, the usual host, is out once again, but not because he's in Parts Unknown. We know where he is, but he is just, he's under the weather, and we don't want to give the sounds of his raspy tones in your ear holes, because that would be really rude. So, uh, and I'll be hosting today, but we do have back from Parts Unknown, the one, the only, you know him as Black Dragon Roll, you know him as Jerome Chang. Jerome, how are you? It's good to be back. How long has it been? About three years since my last episode? I feel like it's at the very least. Like, you know, it's hard to tell. I think there's a leap year in there, so you can't really be exact. You go to Vegas Summer League for even two days, and it feels like you've experienced the better part of a decade away from home. Exactly. They don't have clocks in the casino, so. No, no. Uh, But to help make up for AC not being here, we brought back someone who she was on two weeks ago, and we said, you'll be back. And we knew it was going to be quick. We got the great, you know her, uh, you know, for her writing various places. She's got a book coming up soon that we'll have her tell you all about. Preeti Chibber. Preeti, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. Excited to talk about how much I cried while I watched this episode. Absolutely wonderful. So before we get to this episode, I just want to quickly check in with Jerome uh, because he hasn't been on the past few weeks. Um I obviously I don't know how much you've been able to keep along with it as it was going, or if mm-hmm. you binged it all when you got back. But how how did you feel like the show? Like, what was your general vibe on the show in the weeks that you weren't here? I, I watched it week to week, and I think the last time I was actually on talking about this show, uh, my my one thing I said it was really early on was just it seems like you've already found like a perfect gem in Imana Valani playing Miss Marvel, and the very fact that you get to introduce her and that character, it almost doesn't matter what what happens after throughout the series because it's just like you found you found her and you know just the light that she brings to the MCU and just how exciting it is to uh, see a character like that like one that I'm 100% not familiar with and just really excited to get to know only in this rendition not having really the comic sources as my reference point. Um, yeah, I, I, I was just like here for the ride and then watching through it. I, I think, I think I've really enjoyed the series. I think it's just so different from any of the Disney plus series that we've come across so far and like very intentional in how it is also because again, it's not anything that we have a reference point to, whether it's been, uh, like, you know, the very traditional comics from before that like have existed for decades or it's been, you know, the many years or like decades that we've had already of MCU. Like we just, this is our start point and we have essentially six episodes of this character and what I hope to be many, many more episodes and movies afterward. But uh, no, it's, it's been such a cool journey, how it carries through, how it really makes an effort to, you know, again, not an expert, but, you know, talk about um, different parts of the culture, history, American experience, all of it put together. Um, yeah, and then again at the center of it, I think one of the brightest lights that has come across this uh, universe in a, quite a while. Yeah, and when we had you on for episode four, Preeti, you there was something that I want you to talk about episode five as a whole, but I definitely want you to talk about the one thing that you said you were excited about seeing in episode five. Obviously, there's a lot of serious stuff in there that I'd also like you to talk about. But first and foremost, what was the thing that you are like that you were telling us to look forward to? In oh my five? god, Fawad Khan, he killed it. He was so good as Hassan Nana, and like 
it made me angry all over again at how much I've been missing him on the screen. My like biggest complaint about episode five was that I wished the flashback or like the the past story had been the entire episode. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I wanted yeah. this entire series to be like two episodes longer. Mm-hmm. Um because they were both of them um were so good. Like both Aisha and Hassan were so good together and their story was so compelling that I just wanted to see more of it. And we never get to see sort of partition era India displayed in mm-hmm. Western media. So we got to see it with like this Pakistani actor front, you know, front and center and the heartbreak and the anger and the sort of like putting the blame where it belonged. It was really wonderful uh, to see. And also Fawad Khan looked so good. Yeah, you didn't you didn't oversell it, honestly. <laughs> right. You didn't really at all. Yeah, it's definitely important. And I do just want to say, because once again, he's not here to say it uh, and he wasn't here last week. Uh, AC did mention his first note when he was watching episode five was he was excited to see a man with a limp who needed a cane because he thought that made him washed. And I just like, he just can't help himself. Is, I'm like, is that is an injury? He has an injury. He's not washed. He's an we injury. just talked, we just talked about this in our group chat before uh, getting on this call. There's a reason why it's called an agenda. He is yeah. forcing every possible narrative and situation and character into something that he thinks applies to him truly it feels like the moment someone i don't know like takes their first steps or says mama or dada he's finding ways to make them washed it's really it's because like, I if a rookie sprains an ankle at summer league he is out there saying like wow can can start any earlier than then for being so exactly washed. yeah like if when i sprained my ankle when i was like 10 and he saw me limping around be like wash it's like no i sprained my ankle like geez yeah. anyway was that senior gets- kindergarten <laughs> you got going on there? yeah oh yeah he's, exactly he's definitely he'll be having his son will be like the only kid in fifth grade recess when he has to tie his shoes to go because yes. it's like I, my daddy taught me anyway love you ac feel better but <laughs> uh yeah episode five was great and we go into episode six which of course episode five ends with the cliffhanger of uh Kamran having powers and going to meet Brian, I mean Bruno. Uh, and, of course, the uh, Circle Q um, blows up. And, uh, you know, that's where we left off. And we have the pairing of Bruno and Cabron on the run, uh, which I thought was fun. Uh, there wasn't, like, there wasn't a ton of time, uh, time where it was just those two because the episode had to move pretty fast. But I liked the dynamic. And before I throw it to you guys, I just want to say it was so funny to see them on the PATH train, which is the train that goes ah. between Jersey, Jersey City and New York or uh, like across the state lines. And the funny thing about it is, and I tweeted about this and everyone backed me up, the PATH is famously cleaner than the subway. It is like right. spotless always. Same thought. Because you know. Same thought. And, and the joke I made, but the thing is, even the most dirty subway I've ever been on does not have graffiti on it. I, I was like, are they trying to make some kind of statement that I don't understand? No. I think it's made for Torontonians like myself, where I'm just like, oh, the grime that is New York City. But no, that's like, I, it was I, so I, 80s. It was like. I think it's, exactly. I think that it's much simpler than that. And this is a real, actually a thing that I think is fascinating the way it plays on politics, but on a aesthetic level, is I think that there is a just wide swath of the country that does not spend a lot of time in New York that legitimately just thinks it still is the way it was in the 80s. Like, that still thinks it's crime-ridden. Like, my parents, the way they talk about New York, it's like, mom, dad, like, because my two brothers live in Orlando. I'm like, you know the murder rate in Orlando is like three times what it is in New York, right? <laughs> like, it's, 
and like New York is like there's no graffiti on the subways. But once to make it the path train, which I think I literally can count on one hand because I lived in Jersey City for two years. It's one hand the amount of times I saw like actual like disgusting stuff on a train, whereas on the subway that's a Tuesday. But it really was just disrespectful <laughs> to the path. Um, but other than that, guys, how did you feel about the interaction between these two characters? Uh, I I had a good time no, no, uh, kind ahead. of yeah no no yeah I had a good time kind of watching it through because it has been a built tension and really I'd say like more from Bruno's side just experiencing the jealousy of everything that's going oh, yeah. on but uh, yeah I, I think it does really well to you know temper that or like at least resolve that and show that Bruno is overall just like a good guy uh Kamran is going through a very difficult time of just like finding his own protection but also losing his family and his mother and not like even realizing yet but just like kind of out there for survival um I, I think and this is kind of you you mentioned it already I think this and along with a lot of other things in this episode made me have this feeling of like we could have used more episodes just yeah. because everything felt rushed in those moments like we were resolving a lot of things very quickly we were coming to where we needed every character's mindset to be at almost mm-hmm. within like the first 10 to 15 minutes so we could estab- like get to a finale. And I think, yeah. you know, especially coming off, you know, an episode like the previous, which uh, Preeti also mentioned, like felt rushed in that, like it, we could have spent more time there. Um, when like the characters return home, like they're immediately like new people almost. In the kind of way that I feel like this could have been an episode that they could have fleshed out how everyone kind of dealt with what, like, essentially huge moments that everyone has gone through in the span of maybe, you know, a day or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I and, and that's always a good complaint for a show, right? You're like, I want more, yeah. actually. I, I love what you're doing, and I think you deserve to have more time to tell the story that you want to tell. Um, I loved... Uh, Cameron and Bruno together that I've been laughing about that haram halal joke for yeah. like a full day the caps that uh Sheikh Abdullah puts on their heads which is Bruno wearing the haram cap and <laughs> Cameron wearing the halal cap but I I mm-hmm. agree I think it was a really wonderful beat to like and I remember thinking this while watching to show the um not necessarily friendship, but the acknowledgement that they need each other and how you put all those other feelings aside to help this person and to like do what you can. Like every time Bruno is like, let's go, let's go. Like with his like arm, like Mm. hugging Cameron to help him like get away or whatever. And that they do it without the inclusion of like Kamala doesn't have to actually. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think it avoids a classic cop out that every show with any sort of love triangle does mm-hmm. where at the last second it's like oh wait this one guy you thought was an equal suitor is actually bad haha right. now you don't need to feel bad about and like i think it'd be very easy to make it like guess what bruno actually deserves her and of course like that you know it, it's not that simple and mm-hmm. like it's not as it, i think that we're kind of past the place in culture where it's like the guy who's handsome and has a nice car, he's obviously the bad guy. And the guy who's resentful and doesn't say anything, he's the good guy, despite the fact that he's resentful, which is a negative trait. Like, yep. you kind of passed that. And I'm, <laughs> I, I'm glad that we're not doing that. Because it's like, I think that, so in like, the end of all the pick me guys. Thank goodness. Yeah. I just have no sympathy for that. And it really is crazy. Uh, man, I, whenever I try to think about why uh, my parents' generation is uh, messed up, it's like, oh, wait, you guys watch movies where every movie was like that. Anyway, um, so 
we go to a very, I think a very important moment for a lot of fans of the comics. And Preeti, I want to hear you talk about this, where we see um, Kamala get her costume. Oh my and God. it's given to her. And by even her before mother. that, like the fact that right. they reveal to the whole family. Oh, sorry about that. Yes. yes. It reveals the whole family, which of course everyone already knows because it's a family. That's how that it works. That scene yeah. was amazing. Like yeah. that was an amazing moment for that family and for us to see in superhero like television. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I mean, Yusuf having his phone always on speaker is Brilliant. just. I mean, he's. I really want to see. I want to see him texting in a scene so I can see how big his font on the phone is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's giant. Yusuf is it's, the it's only Richard credible giant. character for AC to add to his agenda. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he is Wash, but once again, important yeah. to note: Yusuf at least twenty years older than AC is. Yeah, anyway, that's the other thing too. Not washed, just an older person. Older person. But uh, Preeti, <laughs> the scene where Muniba gives the uh, you know the Miss Marvel outfit to um, Kamala. How how did you take that and how did it like the the changes they made to how it was made, et cetera, and what it means, how did that resonate with you when you watched it? Uh, I this is where I started crying was this this conversation. And sort of first of all, the most basic thing in the world is like we're in Pakistan, we have to get stuff made. We're getting our clothes made, like that's what we're doing, because it'll be cheaper and faster and they'll fit it to you. Like they'll they'll know what they're doing and it'll last longer. So that was very funny because it felt very authentic for her to have done that. And then just like the care and the I feel like the evolution with her relationship to her mother was just such a wonderful beat for them to allow like the way they gave like Muniba gets the costume, Yusuf helps with the name, like it made it. I've talked a lot about how um, there's a collectivism in this culture. There's this like idea of the family unit and her telling her family lends itself to that as opposed to this sort of isolated hero theme that we see all the time kamala is a pakistani american hero and community and family is top of like top tier important things to her and so this was like i thought a really clever and smart way to bring in that thematic notion of collectivism yeah, I think it just would have been unsustainable for her to do the Spider-Man thing of pretending. Like, she, we see that in the beginning of the show, and you just you just don't believe that she could do it for more than, like, two episodes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, she's just not capable of, because just the way her life is, and that, I think that's a very healthy thing. I think it's, I mean, obviously, Spider-Man's She's been continually life unsuccessful in hiding things from her parents the entire yeah. series. Yeah. She's very and bad at it. She was very bad at it. know everything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, I, I, echoing all those thoughts, like, I, I think it's just such a, from the moment that she does her reveal to the family and how, uh, normal it feels. And I think, again, that's the importance of having an MCU as opposed to isolated individual hero movies where every time those heroes are the only ones that exist within that universe. So it, so like when people react, it's not a thing of like, oh my gosh, you're also a hero as opposed to like you are this thing that we cannot comprehend. And I think that's like what also helps allow for those Mm -hmm. scenes like that, which is really great. Um, I love that it is a parallel to the earlier scenes with AvengerCon in fighting over uh, her wanting her costume as Captain Marvel versus the amazing Hulk. Hulk. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, and then, like, I, I think even, like, just intentional things, like, you mentioned tailoring and everything like that, like, uh, 
the first instance when we see it when it comes to AvengerCon, it's about hiding everything. Whereas this is like it's form fitting. It's you know it is flattering, and I think like just the embrace on all those fronts like really just shows like that kind of small bit being full circle for them. And I I really just do like how that's all put together there. Um, it's just a really beautiful moment, even if like you don't obviously have any direct connections to like the culture at all it's just uh i think anyone can relate to just like all that like i think we've been seeing in very recent uh media uh just like the notion of um just getting over generational trauma and actually coming together and finding a common ground there's just you know i was already immediately seeing things like turning red in here i was seeing yeah. things like everything everywhere all at once and uh and it's it's great to even though like we got those stories, it's great to tell those stories from the different perspectives, like over and over again. Even if it seems like very similar in itself, it's it's important for every group to be able to identify with their yeah, own. Yeah, and I think if a thing I pointed out earlier in the series is that I think that in Western media, other cultures' parents are almost always uh, intentionally or unintentionally portrayed like wouldn't you believe how strict parents in this culture are and like that is just so reductive because it just does not it completely removes like the love and understanding that is there and i think it yeah. is like that just because muniba might not parent the way that the average white american kid's mother parented does like it means that they're still the same mm-hmm. love and i think that when you just focus on like can you believe these kids aren't allowed to do this like that's not what the relationship is that's not real and um and i think the fact that her powers tie into her family helps mm-hmm. muniba understand and i think that, that well, makes well the other that, thing that too is just like um it makes more sense when you know it's like a first generation or first arrival but when you have multiple generations or you have you know families or parents who have lived for decades like i can relate my parents have lived in canada for decades so while they do retain some of like the cultural elements that they came from, like they so much have been, you know, uh, acclimated to where they live right now. And I think it manifests in ways where uh, you talk about, you know, the love being there, but not showing. I think what is important about like generations that get to be um, outside of uh, like get to evolve that way is like they figure out ways to express. Cause I think love is always there that I agree mm-hmm. with, but I think it's, not always expressed in familiar ways. And I think because now we have the ability to do it, I, you know, you get beautiful things like what we have in this series. Yes. A lot less beautiful is Deaver shutting down basically the whole city. Jersey City, the largest city in the state of New Jersey. I don't know how she has the authorization to do that. Uh, Agent Cleary is telling her, you know, be careful. He's clearly, he probably shot all the scenes in the whole show in a day probably. But, (laughs) and so they need to really, you know, Not even a wardrobe it. change, you know? I mean, it's good work if you can get it. But, uh, so they need to basically get um, Kamran out of the city. And they end up, as you mentioned, they go to the mosque and they get the hats, which is just incredible. Um, and there's some really good also things. Also, a nod to hats, hats being the ultimate disguise in MCU. Oh, that yeah, for true. sure. That was yeah. very, very yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, the whole bit of the cleaning closet was great. Um and oh, and Nakia's Nakia's boyfriend. Yeah. That was pretty yeah. funny. That was great. Um, but they end up at the school. They decide to go to the school to, uh, you know, as a base. And I really like this because it was. Uh, I like whenever a show ends with everyone we've 
met throughout not everyone but the characters <laughs> we met throughout coming together like it's just it's always fun um and yeah i i uh i thought that it was a fun dynamic i thought it was interesting that zoe came back and i actually like the small character note of i knew it was you but i didn't say anything because mm-hmm. like that like it's really that good. felt like a grace note like once again i feel like the show has been very good at not writing off any character except for Deeper yeah. who deserves it as right. redeemable. Like Zoe right. is not a bad person because she likes to do TikToks and is popular. Like, you know what I mean? That doesn't yeah. mean that she would sell out someone. I thought that, that was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, very much yeah. in the sense of like at, you, you make this movie ten years ago, maybe earlier, like she's just straight up a villain. Like yeah. she's just like a classic bully who like then requires some sort of like uh like reluctantly comes around to like help everyone but no she was always like a decent person just like you know maybe a little like vain in some people's respects just because like she's very popular on social media but um all in all uh, I mean you wouldn't know anything about that drum I have no <laughs> no concept whatsoever um but no no I I think uh I I do like it um you know and it starts with like Kamran and Bruno kind of like uh, finding a common ground and then just like seeing all the kids to get together too. And then like, it makes sense. Like I think uh, what is great about again, like more modern television and movies is just, it doesn't create unnecessary tension uh, that seems like yeah. out of human character. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure Brady that you enjoyed, cause I definitely did where Amir comes to help out. Dying. And the line of, the superheroes don't need chaperones. It was, it's really, just... I laughed so hard. I was like, "This is this is perfect. This is a perfect moment." Yeah, and so they they come up with this plan of how to. Uh... It was Ms. Yeah. Marvel meets Home Alone. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> and I love the animation with the with the chalkboard and like. It is very comic booky because it, it isn't like realistic that she would draw all those things that quickly, but it right. was so fun to see visualized and like oh, it's the Home Alone elements really strong, and it is like, and I think that it's interesting too because it's not because she's with her friends who don't have superpowers. This sequence is really not about her superpowers at all. It's about her being obsessed with superheroes and thinking about these type of scenarios her entire life, uh, which I thought was really good for the character. And, like, friendship beats, which is really nice. Because we got to see, you know, Nakia and Kamala finally uh, make up, which was great because Nakia was furious, of course, that Kamala didn't tell her the truth when they share everything. Because I love their friendship. Like, the moment they have in the restroom in, like, episode one or two, I don't remember. It's really nice, yeah. Is really awesome. It's just, like, pure support and love between these two people. And this was a great moment to be like, you can have fights, but you're – it's not the end of the world when you're so close. You can talk through it. I just, I thought it was very thoughtful the way they handled it. Uh, it's also because it's the thing too about superhero media is that I think we're so used to like one disagreement and oh no, the best friend character is the supervillain now. And I just like <laughs> right. where it's like, no, they're, they had a disagreement. It's not like Marvel friends. would make a movie where two characters disagree would cause any kind of civil war or anything like that. No. No. Okay, to be fair, there was yeah. murder involved. Of course there was murder. Yes, there was. Um, there was murder so involved. So that's where we draw the line? At murder? Is, is where we draw the line? <laughs> I mean, that is, that's, if you're going to draw lines, it's, it's, it's a pretty, it's pretty line, significant line, line to draw it. I, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. When you say that, it really puts things in perspective. <laughs> what I did find funny, though, is when they're surrounding the school, and uh, when the when D, uh, D, DODC is surrounding the school, that 
Cleary is it calls the Deaver up, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we're an evil government agency. We can't be surrounding like, school. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> well, it's PR, right? It was all yeah. like, this looks bad. It wasn't yeah. that he was like, no, don't do it because it's wrong. He's like, this looks really bad. This is going to look really bad for us. I mean, anything is he, once again, he's not wrong. Like, it does look bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, well, it Jake, is. Jake, I actually want to ask you about that yeah. because. I think that was the last time I was on the uh, show and like we were just getting introduced to Deaver and we were curious where we were going to go with this in terms of like how exactly it was going to frame like a government agency in this context. And it seemed like it went more the route of like one bad apple. Yeah, I, I think that they did I, do that. I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think no. I think I think I think that the whole Department of Damage Control is portrayed poorly. I think yeah. Deaver is shown as a worse entity sure but my actual guess is that what they're setting up and this is just pure speculation but this is my speculation on the fact that i don't think you cast ariane moyed in a role if you're gonna have him in two rooms and two scenes sure is i think that they're actually setting him up to have an arc where he is the good guy in dodc i think more than anything i think diva actually probably represents the median damage control person whereas him representing the media if that makes sense mm. but that's just a guess i don't but i i think that i think it's a little bit of both i think that the whole department's bad but i think that diva is also worse um and so i i don't think they handled everything perfectly based on our previous conversations but i wasn't mm-hmm. disappointed by the way that that worked out Preeti, i know you have a thought yeah 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 I, I just don't i don't know if i agree because i think the show has been pretty consistent in the way it discusses surveillance and the way it discusses oh, yeah. sure. the yes. complete like, you know, having them come into the mosque and just be really disrespectful and mm-hmm. the way they just, like, feel ownership over this space mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with them. Um, I think the the show's pretty clear about how governmental agencies yes. handle these communities. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't know about... The- I, I think it's about as far as you could go in, like, within a Disney plus series context. Yes, I agree. I don't think they could do anything else. Like they can't, like there was never a point. I think they were very clear with, um, I don't remember his name as his character's name, but when he is asking her, like, what are you doing at the school by making it about how it looks Mm -hmm. and not about, you shouldn't be doing this to children. Like he right. was always very clear right. of like, we have to be careful about how this looks. Like optics public. and such. Yeah, yeah. Optics as opposed to like, Hey, maybe we shouldn't hunt actual children. Yeah. I, I, I guess what I'd say is I don't think that they did it necessarily well necessarily. I think the thing that still trips me up is the fact that they play the scene in episode two in the interrogation when Deaver says she's going to mm-hmm. go to mosques and stuff and he's concerned, like, just be careful or whatever. Like, they play that sincerely. And so I'm not really sure what it his feelings so on it is. I think that, like- I mean, I also, I mean, to be honest, I think if you cast an Iranian American actor, I don't know another way for read it. Is that's a thing too, is that if it was a white guy saying it, I would believe it was off for optics. But, I, and once again, I'm not saying that they, that's a good thing to say, but that's what was confusing about it is I don't really know how he feels about it. I actually think like with the burden of representation being lifted a little bit because they cast so yeah. widely, it right. puts him in a place and in a position to be able to play that character. When yeah. you pair it with the way uh, they treated, you know, Peter Parker in No Way Home, yeah. which was 
not mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And how much he plays the good cop, like mm-hmm. in those moments, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't know how they could come out of this show with him being able to be the good guy. I don't think he'd be a good guy. That's what I would say is what I was, I'm not saying this on our discord is I think that in any sort of like, superhero thing where there's an evil corporation you usually have a guy who is not a good guy but when things get like murderously evil it's like guys you need to hear about this and i just think that they're saying right, right, right. like i just think that, <laughs> I think that that is a that based on what we see happening with damage control i think damage control is going to get like really crazy lengths like that diver will seem like you know a normal officer and i mm. think that i guess what i'm just trying to say is that i think that they're setting him up for a bigger part not necessarily like I don't think he'll be like the evil mastermind behind damage control. I think that he would be the guy who is like the the avatar for the mm. median damage control agent that we follow in a movie. Sure. And I think also fairly, like, I mean, I, I bring up the question more just as like a callback to what we talked about yeah. in a previous episode. I think ultimately between this and then I know we were like very Op- like uh, we spoke pretty openly about how we felt about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I think I've definitely come around at a point too where I'm not looking for these shows to be in any way resolving or no. like giving a solution to all of it. Cause also it exists in a mm-hmm. world where like super, like we talk about it in this context of like what we're talking about now, but they're also going after them because they are enhanced individuals, right? Like it is, there is still that element going on. It isn't specifically a profiling or anything of that yeah. sort. Um, so I think, you know, uh, maybe if this was a show that got to exist in like so many episodes over the course of like so many seasons, like we could dive into further, but no, it's a six part series where, you have an opportunity to see a perspective and a view about how groups are treated Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. by government agencies. And you're not going to get a solution as to like, what is the idyllic way to like have that resolved. But then that's also similar to things where it's like, for me, I had no idea about the partition and now I know about it. And I had that opportunity to at least have this start point of saying, this is a real historical element that existed and it isn't, going to be like of course it's not presented exactly as it is because it involves someone who is a marvel superhero in in (laughs) all of it but at least like i I think it is interesting and um a good thing that it just like allows for stories to be told in different places that isn't just like new york yeah exactly it's right across the river but right The thing that I, and the last thing I'll say about this, and I think the the key distinction, although I think it was handled across the board better, the key distinction between this, the way that the, these issues are handled as opposed to the issues in Falcon or Soldier, and the thing I was worried about, which they did not do at all, is that ultimately Falcon or Soldiers decides, you know what, no one's at fault. We all just need to come together. Whereas even at the end of this, even when it's established that like Deaver went too far or whatever and gets fired, the point of view of the show is still that the government is bad. And like what mm-hmm. I was afraid of, it's a, what I was afraid of is it was going to be like a Kendall Jenner, Pepsi commercial where it's just like, sure. everyone just needs to come together, you know? And and, I, and, and people I, and do I, come together. And, but I would say like, but they anything, come together the story, against the government. Cause fuck. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> see. But, <laughs> right. Right. And, and I would say here, the other thing too is like, I prefer looking at it as like highlighting the beauty of this community more than like, yes the evils yeah. of anything that works against them exactly mm-hmm. and that's wonderful uh speaking of which we uh see you know we have the home alone hijinks 
where the school gets invaded. Um, just I'm sorry, but stuff. the softball things like that's just yeah. not gonna deter. And even as a deterrence no. or distraction, that's not I doing anything. It was really fun. It was very cute. I was very <laughs> into it, and I'm very uh, like and I'm all for like the suspension of disbelief. And like I I had a ton of fun doing it. But I think it is important to note that like if you were ever presented with that situation, that is not a solution. That is not, you not you just can't you can't load the balls in that fast. Yeah, yeah. Like they were going like you like the, one the ball giant in five foam party that they were able to put together yeah. that like that was that was whoa, a brilliant whoa, whoa, whoa. Anyone who's ever taken it, you know, it's elephant toothpaste is what they made. Thank you for that. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, that's what that's called. That science experiment is called elephant toothpaste. (laughs) And I've never seen that much of it. That's crazy. I think think for me, it's only just because I, when I was in Cancun, that was one of the places I was at uh, while I was gone for a wedding. Um, On Canada Day in Cancun, Mexico, they hosted a Canada Day foam party. And um, was it like like Edible Wilson? No, it was, it was just, it was, it was a bunch of, uh, resort, uh, staff wearing like red and white and like maple leaf, like (laughs) colored things. And, uh, I, I could not feel more at home. Yeah. Yeah, Um, great stuff on the 4th of July. I was at home hungover because it was 4th of July was on Monday and I was, and I, you know, the Sunday, what are you going to do? And anyway. Uh, and there was no one wearing anything. Uh, where I was. Oh, actually, you My- would like this, like as a as a crossover, um, because I think it was so close to the Fourth of July. Yeah. It was referred to as the Canadian Independence Day foam party. And that's, that's hilarious. So, so, so I went to every Canadian I know and congratulated them on their independence. It's so funny that they did that in Mexico because, and this is fine, but it's ironic they did that because. Mexican Americans get so angry when you call Cinco de Mayo Mexican Independence Day, and they did that to you with Canada Day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like it is just a thing that they get confused too. Anyway, that's just funny stuff. Culture is wonderful. Um, I really wish I had some, but anyway. <laughs> so, um, and so we have all these hijinks, but eventually, unfortunately, uh, everyone but the two superpowered individuals, the enhanced individuals, gets arrested and put in the back of a van. Um, but I think a really cool thing was that they 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 mobilized TikTok, and I'm glad that they actually got to use TikTok. They didn't use like a fake social network, right? Uh, and everyone's there because like they highlight it, you know, and make the PR problem bigger. Um, and uh, yeah, this is where like the kind of the big fight happens, but it's not really a big fight, which is what I like about it. I don't know. I, I know how you guys I felt. do feel like this is where they could have benefited from more time yes. because Cameron has to go through so many emotions. It's right. a roller coaster for him. <laughs> this entire series, but this episode in particular. Was he just, like, I'm mad. I want to kiss you, but also yeah, yeah. I'm sad, but I'm mad. <laughs> Like, also, I have uh, powers that came out of nowhere I mean, that, that just is, zapped that, into me. Yeah, mine is the powers that is what being a teenager is like. That is true. a fair point. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. fair. Yeah. But I think for narrative narrative purposes, of course, I'm, done, yeah, I'm totally. If I say a time. joke, it means I'm agreeing with you. Because <laughs> right. The the powers thing, yeah, it was. The show is so strong, and it just. This was the one point I think they could have done some. They yeah. could have benefited from having that more time to to drill into a little bit more. But mm. he's so upset. Poor, poor yeah. Rish. <laughs> yeah, I really. I mean, I wish I would have the opportunity to be that handsome to see if I would still be upset. But you know, you went to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that he. Yeah, he he was just like hella smoldering, like just lots of smoldering throughout. <laughs> it was. 
You know, he's very it's handsome. To, it's, yes, yeah. it's good to know that Smoldering made it to the Nord Dimension. You know what I mean? Because some yeah, things yeah, yeah. with culture, they don't travel. But Smoldering <laughs> made it. There, the so. Smolder made it. You know it. what? That is some trauma, that jawline. Oh, wow, <laughs> that's a great point. That is an absolute wonderful point. Just yeah. Clenched, clenched. He was clandestine to be on the yeah. cover. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But um, see, this is what happens when AC's not here. You don't know this. <laughs> just bullshit. Um, so, but I, I, like I said, I, the thing I was happy about though is that um, conceptually, the show would not have made sense with the the, the show could would should not have ended with a big. There was a lot of, obviously a lot of CGI, but with mm-hmm. a big CGI punch yeah. fest where it was um, Kamala against another supervillain, and boom, boom, boom. Because ultimately, the villain is like, is not one person, because she's kind of, not that she can't have one villain, but like, she's too kind and good hearted of a person to really have that as, like, the villain is the people yeah. who don't understand, you know? And that feels true to her character obviously Preeti, you've read many more uh miss marvel comics than me how did that feel in terms of like that being the re- resolution of the arc i thought it was very very strong like um the way you know obviously this isn't a mirror image to what happens in the early issues of miss marvel they pick up a lot and they change a lot but they keep the theme and the spirit alive really really well I did very briefly before we get into it want to mention we we skimmed over the part where she calls Kareem for help in Pakistan because she doesn't have a love triangle going on. She has like a love quadrangle and I love it. That's a great point. Yeah. I've completely forgot. Don't forget Kareem. Don't count him out because I think that they are very good together. If anything, like shout out Kamala for really thriving out here. I know, right? Good for her. I love this for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But she calls him for help. Because the whole reason they're, they need to get um, Kamran out of the country, basically. And Kareem's like, get him to the harbor. We'll get him to Pakistan. Even though Kareem's like, the Red Daggers hate my family. So there's like all this, this intensive drama between them. But I think that final fight happening the way it did, where it's really she's trying to protect everybody she can, essentially, and make sure nobody gets hurt, is the most Kamala thing that could have happened. Yeah, uh, and you know, I think that it's interesting the way that uh, Kamran's powers are portrayed as opposed to hers, because mm-hmm. obviously there's clearly he has no control over them, really. Like he has some, yeah. but not really. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think that there's something in real time. About- he's had them for like six hours or something. Yeah. Like it's been it's a short period. Yeah, really less than ideal when it comes to like fighting. Yeah, against. Right, when he asks Bruno, when Bruno's like, we figured it out with Kamala, we did training, and he's like, how long did that take? <laughs> right, like, right. A couple yeah. weeks. <laughs> no um, room for a montage. No room no, for a montage for Kamala. No, they gotta, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I think that the whole shield bit is really cool. Um, and obviously, I imagine it was a big deal for you is that she, you know, the word when, the, when there was- Yes. When there was the leaks about the show and everyone was worried about it, and I asked people, like, what are her powers? And you just said the word. What word did I hear every time? I, it's a word I'd never heard before. Is, and begin. And she does it. I mean, obviously it doesn't look the same, but I've, I mentioned that had to feel good. I thought it was great. I know people are upset about it, but I I think that one, and I think we talked about this last time. No, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I think that the people being upset, I think, was, like, at the start. But, like, how did you feel like they weaved it into what they ended up making her power set really smart like they managed to do it in a way and you see like hints of some of that like awkward cgi but like Mm -hmm. whatever i don't care 
I thought it was really cool the way they managed to handle it and still have this, like I said, the spirit of the comics in a really great way where she uses that form the way Kamala would use it. And so I don't care that it's like not her stretchy limb. Like I'm, I'm okay with that. I thought it looked. Oh, is that, is that what it's supposed or like, that's what it was in the comics. She would actually. Oh, but I don't know. Visually it's really cool. I agree. Yeah. 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 The thing is, and once again, I don't want to discount anyone who had a problem with it because people are entitled to their own opinions. And I mean that that's right. not me just saying that. Um, but I think that if Marvel's bet was, hey, we want to distinguish her from other stretchy characters, exactly something, something slightly different, but to be frank, once again, having not read the comics, but seeing the way it looks in the comics, it is not different enough to me where me as someone who has not read the comics is just consuming it through the mcu notices a difference once again if you read the comics you obviously iron man is red armor war machine is black armor sometimes you need something distinctive so it could identify the character also i think it just is uh you know a cool uh i think that the way that she uses like steps and shields and stuff yeah 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 um and that's something that we really don't have otherwise but anyway um somehow she knows that they're like right above, I guess, like a sewer line or something like that, and punches a hole in the ground, and uh, Conrad can escape. Which you know, I don't know. I've, maybe I lived Jersey City two years. I don't know, but she's lived there for what sixteen years. Maybe she has. <laughs> she has the. She has the knowledge. She has the. We'll just let her have this. Exactly. <laughs> it's her school. Um, she, you know, she, she's familiar with the area. And uh, when when they try to when the people try to come to her and get her. The community, the community that once was worried about her being around. What do they do, Preeti? What do they do? It's so Spider-Man. I loved yeah. it. Mm. It was like big Spider-Man feels, right? Where the whole time this woman is escalating this attack, right? They're like, mm-hmm. and like the community's there. Sheik is there. Her parents are there. Everyone's freaking out in the crowds. And when she does that, it was like a sound, like a burst, just that one weapon that I couldn't tell what it was. Yeah, it reminds me it of like, like and this is very specific. It reminds me of the, uh, what is it, like the Gauss tanks in Halo, but that's not important. That's but it was I, like that thing. similar tanks like that in uh, The Incredible Hulk. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The those, repulsor that's, type, yeah. That's one of those technologies that I'm 50-50. If you told me it's complete science fiction, I'm like, of course it is. And if you told yeah, me yeah. it was real, it's like, oh, yeah, I knew that. Oh, yeah, they <laughs> it, totally. It's the quantum totally realm totally is these. what it is in MCU. It's constantly yeah. the quantum realm, yeah. Yeah, they probably are real, but they probably can just knock over like a flower. <laughs> I feel like the government has them somewhere and they're like super powerful. <laughs> it, it is a pimp my ride uh, subwoofer is what it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Both like painful because it's true, and also like I reckon I understood the reference, and that makes me feel old. Hey, I understood the reference, and I'm young, so don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but so the it's like escalating tensions are going higher and higher, and Camilla helps Cameron get away, and then she's surrounded basically. And what is she going to do? And then the community comes and they link arms around her. Mm-hmm. And like, everyone's like, Manda, are you okay? And it's so wonderful. And they're just like, no, you can't have this child. Right. She's yeah. ours. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's funny. And obviously no one notices because it's hectic. But Mudima does a really terrible job of not giving away that it's her daughter. <laughs> oh my God. I thought the same question. thing. I was like, Auntie, she's going to know. The thing that's annoying is that people online are probably going to be like, how do they not know? But the thing with all these things is no one's paying attention. No no one's like, oh, my God, that was sure was weird. Yeah. 
But uh, also, who cares? Just yeah, accept exactly. It. Yeah, exactly. I also like that the community coming together isn't a thing where they form a shield as much as they just give her a distraction that she escapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I I'm not willing to buy that they're gonna like throw themselves in front of danger. But it's like you know, and I think there also is like the um the specter of uh like are you really gonna push all of us out of the way like really is that you you know this whole um going back to what cleary said about pr like they know pr is a thing that they know about too um yeah and speaking of which clearly called her up and it's just like come on we're a ruthless government agency that is completely unethical but you went too far um <laughs> uh, how I think dare is funny. you <laughs> yeah it is always funny when someone uh, goes too far in a bad organization, it's like, whoa, 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 we're evil. We're not like, whoa, come on. But like, d- not in front of the cameras. Exactly. Um, <laughs> that's always fun. Uh, and then we get some really sweet stuff. We get a scene uh, with, and I might be skipping over some stuff, um, but so tell me if I'm skipping over. Well, there's like the montage of like people yes. responding, which I only want to point right. out because one of the people right. is G. Willow Wilson, who co-created Miss Marvel. So that was really fun to see. Yes, I really like that montage. It was cool. Once again, the fact that they had TikToks. And I think that, that the show has been actually very good at integrating technology mm-hmm. and social media in, which is a thing that shows have been struggling with forever. Um, and I think that there's a way that, and this is a thing that, people love to say about different things in movies and TV, and it's the most pretentious thing in the world, but I'm going to say it. Social media in the show can kind of function like the Greek chorus. Like, that's kind of what it can do. And once yes. again, that's a very pretentious thing that I've heard said about a lot of different aspects of storytelling. But in this at the, in this specific instance, that is what it's doing, and I think it's very effective at that. Um, Jerome, since like, you missed a lot of these episodes, how have you felt about like the way that they've done texting and different social media things and made it... Did you feel like it was forced or it felt like a good integration? I mean, they're high school kids. That's the right answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then we get a scene where, you know, Ugh. Yusuf. Yusuf. The king. Just really the greatest. Uh, he's my second favorite character in the show. It is, it's honestly not close. And that's right. not to cast aspersions on anyone else. Um, yeah. Uh, once he went to the circle queue to get, uh, you know, the devil dogs. <laughs> <laughs> or the Dixie Dudes. I forget what it was. But anyway. He goes out on the roof and he's nervous, which I love. Um, but they start talking, and this scene could have been so cheesy. Mm-hmm. It could have made me roll my eyes so hard. But the thing is, things are only as cheesy as, you, as you, scenes are only as cheesy as ashamed the people who are making them think they are. <laughs> if that makes you sense, ac- you accept the cheese you think you deserve. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so because we learn. Because they mentioned her, I like that they kind of set it up. In episode five, they set up that Kamala is an interesting name for mm-hmm. a Pakistani girl to have. Because uh, we learned that it's originally Arabic. But mm-hmm. in Urdu, it means something special. Uh, he's searching for the word. Um, oh, I can't. Uh, do you have any idea? What, is, what does it mean? I like it looking like, up thinking wonder... about that scene. And like, you're saying it's easy, but it's, like, it's, so, it's so nice. Because it just shows, well, it's, the word is Marvel. Yes. Is what we're looking for, and and like yeah, arriving at there to your point could seem like it's really cheesy, but like they just have such an earned love mm-hmm. between them and the whole family the whole time that like I, I don't even think about the conclusion that they arrive at in terms of name as much as just like all I felt in the scene was how much these parents love their daughter. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. This, this this show is really the the response to the Will Smith song. Parents just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but no, pretty pretty. And uh, I should have looked this up beforehand, but. I assume that that's different than the way it is in the comics. I assume in the comics she does is is it the same type of conversation or is it she just gets no. it from because she loves Captain Marvel? Yeah, because she loves Captain Marvel. I thought and, the way yeah. they handled it here was really really smart. And yes, also just crying mm-hmm. so much, so yeah. much crying. I uh, I, th- I think the thing that makes it too is that because um, obviously it is v- very convenient that her name happens to mean the word that her is her favorite superhero right who in turn herself got her name by like Hugh turning an alien name into like <laughs> like anglicizing it right yeah yeah, yeah. like i prefer uh, like to be honest i prefer this to oh. like marvel oh, it's yeah much better. <laughs> but the thing that makes it is that kamala is like what the hell dad I've been the biggest fan of the superhero for years, and you never it's told me. You're like, so oh, right, 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 oh, right. What do you right. mean? I don't even. Um, it's like the most like, dad thing. Because because the family has established their Hulk stance, and they're just not going any other way. Is what happened. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but can I tell you like how real yeah. this is? My uh, stepdad, like, who has been my stepdad since I was like a kid, like mm-hmm. like since I was like mm-hmm. a child, like five years ago. <laughs> Was like, oh yeah, I went to school with Freddie Mercury. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> That's yeah. wild. Just like no understanding of the important things we need to know. That, that is, I, I like we talked about social media like for the last little bit. That is the beauty <laughs> of like having parents and everything before that existed in the world where not every single like fun fact about them yeah. actually is the most important thing we ever want to know about them. And it's, they're just... <laughs> They just lived their lives and didn't <laughs> tell anyone about it. And then it's like, yeah, it never came up. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. It definitely, uh, it that definitely happens a lot as an adult, even with like non-famous or relevant things. It's just like, wait, yeah. that night sounds like the most crazy night of your life. How did I not hear about it until now? Uh, right. But yeah, it is. Uh, and now that makes me wonder, I really want to know what Yusuf's craziest night was because I bet it was a good night. I bet it was um, a good night involving Springsteen or Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi, yes, yeah, yeah. No, definitely Bon Jovi. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's multiple kings of New Jersey, but the one in his heart, um, you know, rides a steel I, horse. I, I will say Bon Jovi should have showed up in the TikTok sequence. I know, right? I agree. John Bon Jovi, I think that would have been amazing. They must have just not asked because he would do it. He I had think. to have been open to doing it. Unless he's like some like – like just he's a Snyder cut, like DC. Yeah, that'll be the only like, because it's like he'll fan, do a yeah. cameo in anything. Like he did yeah, yeah. like a direct to video sequel of the movie Vampires. Like I, <laughs> he's do anything. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> they need to get him if they do a season two. They need to get uh, Bon Jovi because I was gonna. I think he he'll especially because he loves New Jersey. I mean, him and Springsteen <laughs> yeah. share that. Um, and yeah, he'll definitely do it. So and, and the fact that the show is established that like that would be the Jersey band, he should yeah. he would eat it up. You know, what right. is, you know what? Maybe you know. Maybe he might have protested, and I actually think that this is a fair thing. He might have said, "I would do it, but you guys are filming in Georgia. I want you to bring business to New Jersey." Sorry, honestly, if that, uh, was, if that was his objection, if that was his objection, no hate. Good yeah. for you. I mean, yeah. I don't like that they filmed in Georgia either. Yeah, um, we love a but, local business. Well, I mean, yes, and also once again, and this is something I joke about it a lot, but it genuinely does not feel like jersey city that much like there are scenes where it does but most of the time it doesn't and most of the time it just does, it feels like atlanta is the thing and like everything else, <laughs> and i hate that um i've never been to atlanta but i've seen so many freaking movies that are trying to tell me that atlanta is other cities well that uh, like, except the grimy path train that was really accurate i think yes it was 100 <laughs> percent accurate yeah. 
They definitely did film on an actual path train, so they must have just flown those they two actors up. They did exterior shots in Jersey. I think they did no, film I know that, in Jersey. But I saw an interview. Amon Valani said that she had never been to Jersey until after they wrapped. So I don't think that she did anything what? in Jersey. Yeah. She, she said in an interview that she didn't end up going to Jersey until like a couple of weeks before the premiere. So, oh, girl. No. <laughs> I mean, I love living in Jersey City, but it's not. Like, I'd rather go to New York. I mean, it's not. Uh, I mean, if you have the choice. <laughs> yeah. Like, but my favorite pizza place in Jersey City is not as good as my favorite pizza place in New York. <laughs> Manhattan, Hoboken, like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Hoboken. I mean, Hoboken just, at this I'm point, though, kidding. is kind of a nightmare, though, because it's so crowded. Uh, the bars are all fratty. It's bad. Um, <laughs> this is travel tips. Uh, but I know. <laughs> then we have a very important scene. And this is a scene that I would say some some might argue, has kind of subsumed the entire conversation about the episode as a whole, oh, which I think is Oh, my God. Okay, I, so I'm just going to, if you don't mind, Jerome, I'm going to make like 90s NBA, and I'm going to clear out, and I'm going to pass the ball to Preeti. Talk to no, us no, about no. what happens and give us- No, no, please run us through this. Yeah, because ultimately, the thing is, I think with Jerome and I, like our thing is like, cool, we don't care that much. And you, obviously, well, we care about it story-wise, but no, but the change, I mean, we don't care about because we don't have any oh. relationship with the comics. Yeah. So my point being- I, I do have a very, in, just of oh, what happens, oh. like, I'll talk about it after Preeti, but, like, I okay. do have a very specific connection to that as well. But okay, go ahead, no. Preeti. Yeah. No, I'm excited because I didn't know where they were going at first when Bruno was like, oh, I was looking into your your blood work. I was like, what is happening? Are they just going to make it that she doesn't have to we use the thing? it. You love her. Jeez. I know. You're so oh, obsessed. Just like, I was looking into your blood work again, and you have an iron deficiency. You might want to change <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that makes her special. Yeah. <laughs> but he he's saying this, and I was like, where is this going? And then when he was like, it's like some kind of mutation. And when they played the 97 X-Men. Oh, my God. My mind. I paused it and I was like, what? It, it played in a way where I thought like I had some sort of like old Nokia phone that had a ringtone <laughs> that was like playing in the background. <laughs> like I was just getting a call. Like I just like shot myself back into a different time. I... It was so like they said mutation. And I was like, oh okay. And then yeah. they 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 played like the actual note. I was just like, huh? What? What's <laughs> happening? Mutants? She's a mutant. Was she a mutant this whole time? Is this something that I didn't know about the character? They're in this now. Like I know that we saw prof like Professor Xavier earlier, but like no, that doesn't count. But now it actually counts. And like when you know us jackasses this whole time after Multiverse Man is saying like. All right, everyone, cool your horses. The X-Men are not coming anytime <laughs> soon, okay? They're going to take their time with it. And then the next, and excuse my language, next fucking property comes back. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I feel bad that I said that the mutants weren't coming soon. In my defense, my point was that they weren't just going to port the mutants over. From no, the no, no, no. We all agreed. We all yeah, agreed, though. Egg on my that, face. Egg on my face. But, the, but the, at the same time, too, you, like, they didn't just like exactly. they did but they didn't you know what i mean like they didn't yeah. just like have like her walking around and doing a patrol or something and then just like wolverine being like hey bub like it wasn't <laughs> that right he would say that that's canon yeah yeah exactly there you go right just hey hey bub i liked your tiktok right they just yeah. that that didn't happen but wolverine, it's half of that i could that's see half bit. of that i could bit. not see <laughs> that's a great bit but, great bit um but shot. no no but, like the thing that is also insane about it and like just unfair for marvel to do that to anyone who has any attachment to like old marvel properties like the chill i got from that mm -hmm. and i don't care if anyone like 
I'm sorry to anyone who says like this just like is a disgrace to like the original origins or any of that or bringing it back. If you don't feel anything from that, because <laughs> like if you don't feel super cool and excited about hearing it, like the same way I like when I saw Professor Xavier in Multiverse of Madness in his yellow hover chair, mm-hmm. or when like Spider-Man Homecoming, like the first actual Spider-Man MCU movie actually comes back. And for the Marvel uh, logo sequence, they play the original Spider-Man yes. theme. Like, I'm getting chills thinking about it right now. Like, I, I don't know. It's it's so, insane. So, Preeti, as a big fan yeah. of the Mar- <clears throat> this Marvel comics, how do you feel about just yes, please. change from Inhuman to Mutant? I think it's awesome. I think that there is the Inhumans... There's a whole lot of backstory with the Inhumans from a corporate standpoint. Okay, yes, because I was going to get into this, which is why I'm. But you can continue. Well, I don't. I don't want to get like too far into it. But basically, they were. Uh, I also might have mentioned this on the last time, but there's a book called "The Marvel: The Untold Story" by Sean yeah. Ho, which is like one of my favorite books and tells the story of Marvel Comics and kind of mm-hmm. it's bananas how that company was run. Yeah. Like I can't believe it still exists today, mm-hmm. based on how that company was run. But a lot of edit, like oftentimes editorial edicts would come down from non-editorial. And so they needed like, it was like they needed an answer to X-Men or something and they needed something that could go up against X-Men. And so there was this like directive from, I I think it was Ike Perlmutter who was like, you need to create something. And then they created the Inhumans. Yes, specifically the what's come out today and this is not me talking to school this is all things that creatives have said or things that are a matter of public record. Um, But Ike Perlmutter uh, who comma was like somehow the shadow head of trump's va and from mar-a-lago which is a whole story but he because he was like mad that marvel didn't have the film rights to the mutants he basically gave a directive that no new mutants were going to be made and he wanted to do his i do remember this yeah and the creators have said the creators of miss marvel have said on the record we wanted her to be a mutant and we were told no she needs to be an inhuman because they might want to make a movie um and so this is a quote from Imam Vellani in her ama today which is incredible she is the greatest. <laughs> I love her so much. There's another thing she's someone asked her, did you like Morbius? And she responded, did you? With three, with five <laughs> question marks. <laughs> she's the best. She's great. So so this is this is what her response was. Don't get me wrong. I love the Inhumans. Black Bolt is my father. But I do think the MC was a very different place than the comics. And so we were actually able to go this way with uh, Kamala. And to be fair, the original intent for the comic character was to make her mutant. And I'm so over the moon that this is real and we can make it happen. So now Amana and I were freaking out. Every single brain cell exploded when we found out we can do this. I was literally refreshing the episode six discussion thread on here until someone finally mentioned it. So... I think once again, the thing about the creators wanting to do it, and the fact that the guy who stopped them was like a corporate, like yes, yeah, you're right. Like that, it, this actually just made that made me feel like, oh, this is like justice for the character. This is writing a wrong. Then if you're like, yeah, yeah, she deserves um, to be the first mutant in the MCU. I'm so excited. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. It's so um, good. By the way, just another thing that she said in the MC, uh, in the AMA was uh, someone asked. Uh, any, because you know she argues that the MCU universe, the MCU universe is uh, universe one nine 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 and not six one six, right? This is the yeah. whole thing. She, someone asked, any luck on the whole six one six versus one nine 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 thing? For the record, I agree with you on it. And she responded, no, lol. After I said that on the Miss Marvel red carpet, I saw Kevin the next day. And he just stared at me from afar and gestured six one six with his fingers and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> She's the best. 
Um, That's really also funny. just like the, the notion of like MCU and like the way MCU has changed some of the original uh, mm-hmm. like texts and such. Mm-hmm. Iron Man came out in 2008. It's been 14 years. This yep. is a very like this is as established and as part of like essentially like the greater part of like their audience. Like this is what they know. This is what uh, they're mm-hmm. going off of. I also think a thing is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the fact that Miss Marvel is such a new character who really only has, I don't know if she has just one run currently or like one version of her in the comics, but I feel like with other characters, there's more freedom to make changes because there's like 17 different versions of Iron Man. And I Mm. think ultimately, like if Miss Marvel was a character that was 35 years old, there very well could have been a version of where she was a mutant in the comics. You know what I mean? I I think that there's just that when there's only one source, I think there's more protectiveness of it, which is completely understandable. But I think what I like about this more than anything is that once again, not knowing anything about the Inhumans. And I think a very important thing too, to point out is that like my older brother is watching the show with his girlfriend who he knows nothing about any of the comic books. And to be frank, he has never heard of an Inhuman and he knows what mutants are. And I think that from a populist, like that's just important. But also what this guarantees is this makes the mutants are going to be the biggest thing to happen to the MCU in basically probably since Spider-Man, if not more. And mm-hmm. this is basically saying, you know who is at the center of that transition? Kamala yes. freaking Khan. Yes. She's yes. here to stay. So like, I like I, you're yeah. saying that right now. And I'm like, I was thrilled again, just uh, when we were talking about it and you're uh, referencing just like how long Miss Marvel has been around. So I started like, I just like started typing in the Google and it started auto-completing to a search I made to what? yesterday where it just said miss marvel is a mutant <laughs> i was like <laughs> and, it, and it just felt so cool to read that like, yeah i mean it's great i just i'm so happy for her i'm so happy for aman um, yes I'm i mean and you know us. i yeah i'm happy for us but jerome <laughs> i mean once again the toronto are you from toronto proper or are you from a suburb of toronto technically what do you call uh, a suburb outside the gta originally and now i okay. live in toronto right now oh no i know that but yeah, like yeah. so you so it will be fair to say that you are i actually live you closer Amon. to markham i live close like i grew up closer to markham than i did like toronto yeah, yeah. so i so but it's fair to say that you can really because you both are you know just icons from the <laughs> suburbs outside of toronto right right yeah it, it's it is funny because, like, on the one head, I'm like, oh, it's so cool. Like, she's from Markham. Like, we went to all the same spots. But then I'm like, no, we didn't because, like, we're decades <laughs> apart. So I'm just like, anything I would try to reference, she's just like, what yeah. is that? When did that exist? Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, okay, boomer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, of course, and, like, because she's so young but, like, clearly is – like, I was reading her anime, too, and – she has way more old movies on her like list of fair movies of all time than I would have had when I was her age. It's like she also mm. probably was just doing cool shit too. That <laughs> right, 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 right. I think she was on like the Young Tiff Council or something like that because of course she was. Um, right. Anyway, then we get a post credit scene, which has been confirmed that was it was filmed after it was filmed during the Marvels, and uh, we see how this is all connected. Uh, <laughs> I thought this scene was really fun for Brie Larson to play. Like, I think it was a yeah, very yeah, fun yeah. idea of, because obviously we really don't know what's going on with the switching. There's theories and we can talk about that. But mm-hmm. I just, I love the idea of her being transported into a room of someone with her all over wall. Like, that is very, very funny. <laughs> it is very funny. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. And I think it's just so necessary that we'll need, um, and I don't think it's like any fault of Brie Larson's. It's just that, 
when Captain Marvel came out and like from the very beginning because of the unfortunate conversations, like the negative conversations that came around it, like it it, did, it just didn't give it give her any space to just like have fun with the character. And I'm like really hoping that's where we're heading with the Marvels. Yeah. I think so. I feel like it one, it was a wonderful homage to the comics because that's what happened. Not that right. exactly, but there's this wonderful through line where she like basically shapeshifts into Carol Danvers because she thinks that's what a hero looks like is this like oh, white really? okay. person. It's awesome. Man, that's that, funny. The, yeah. It's so good. The those I mean, the comic in general has always been excellent. But like that first run with G. Willow Wilson and Adrian Alfona is Chef's Kiss, like top five <laughs> of all time. Um, so it was like a really nice homage to that. It's an iconic moment in the comics where she's Kamala and then all of a sudden she's Carol in like her old outfit with the like unitard and the scarf around her waist and things. And so Carol popping up when she like gets, she like falls back all of a sudden from as Kamala and then all of a sudden Carol's there. It was like a way to get that without getting it because the show didn't actually yeah. need that. Right. Um, and yeah, Brie Larson looked like she was like, "This is great." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, also her just like falling into like what might be a serial killer's like <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> obsessive <laughs> room. Yeah, like and, either and either like, the biggest fan ever or is definitely like looking to murder. And when yeah. and and what the line is very thin between those two things is the thing, right? I, I and I I think that this is really a good thing to, for them to do as well. Because I think that I'm glad that th- that it's cl- that they made clear that there is a connection between uh, Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel beyond just Miss Marvel being a fan of hers. Because like mm-hmm. I don't want it to be like that. Miss Marvel is like Captain Marvel. I want to join you on your adventures. Like that's yeah, yeah, know, and that also all is unbecoming of the character. Um, like it's you know she's her own person, and I think that it's fun that they're kind of like setting up like there. While obviously there's a lot of questions we kind of have an, a vague idea of how Miss Marvel is going to be in the Marvels. And that's fun that there's something probably having to do with the bangle. But once again, like we don't know exactly. So there's gonna be a lot of fan theories. Uh, and I'm sure once AC gets back on here, he'll have a dossier. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I breathe. Do you have any fan theories? Um, or if you don't, the, the answer no is always fine to fan theories. There's like this is like lore that I'm not super familiar with because I feel like it's from like the 70s or the 80s with like the original Captain Marvel or whatever they called him right. with the the bracelets that they had mm-hmm. that I also don't remember the name of because I don't remember the names of anything. Um, but Charles Pulliam Moore over at The Verge wrote in his recap about it and it was really it was very compelling, I will say what his theories were with how he thinks it's going to play out in terms of whether it's going to involve the negative zone or the, the quantum realm or whatever. Okay. I I think, and well, I guess the only thing that comes to mind because of like what happens just right before that is like, we all know we'd come together uh, with like all these iterations for the Marvels. Uh, None of us predicted that one of them was also going to be a mutant. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's great stuff. Real, I'm really hoping that movie's good. I really, uh, not just because be I, not just because I really like Brie Larson. I've fallen in love with the character of Miss Marvel. Um, Monica Rambeau. You know, Monica Rambeau is in it. Yeah. Uh, just because you know it's uh it's got a lot of stuff I like, and I think that I'm a, I am, not it's it is not a great movie, but I am a 
Captain Marvel Defender is in the movie. I love Captain Marvel. Sure. I think it's I think it's better than most people think it is. I think the first 45 minutes are not great, but I think like the there's a good chunk of it that's really good. And so I'm excited mm-hmm. to see her in a movie where she doesn't have to do the origin story. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited about that. But uh, what I'm also excited about is the idea. And Amon Vellani has said numerous occasions that this is she would like to do this. We got to get a season two. I mean, we right? need... Mm. I want more of her family. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because we know that Yusuf and Muniba and Bruno and all the uh, and the, they're not going to be in the Marvel. There's no space for them in the Marvels. Right. right. So let's get a season two. Hard I mean, to agree. Yeah, because because so much of the MCU series, the reason why they have trouble getting season two is because it's like it's hard to get the big star locked in for another contract. I'm right, not right. He's like, I will do another one. <laughs> 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 uh, I, as uh, many seasons as they want. <laughs> Yeah, you love the happy to be here energy, like just thrilled to be there. Um, also, I think we need high school friends again after coming out of No Way Home because. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. we need. My poor we disaster need... son. Right. Yeah, and I mean, and, and Peter Parker needs some friends who know what it's like to be a superhero. And although it's technically a different state, it's not that far of a trip, you know, especially if you can swing on webs. I mean, for Listen, for me, I I just the... every time I see like a cityscape, I'm just like. <laughs> Come on, like Hawkeye, like this right here. I'm just like, just swing across, man. (laughs) Just swing across. They don't know who you are, but they do know Spider-Man. They just don't know that you're Peter Parker. Just just show up. I will say there's a great mini run um, by Eve Ewing of Kamala and Peter teaming up. It's very fun. There's some like body switch hijinks. It's a good time. I always love body switch hijinks. I feel like that was a thing that happened. I mean, maybe now it's different because of – but. The '80s had a million body switch movies. That we don't get, we don't get them anymore, really. Uh, right, actually, right. The movie Freaky was good. I don't know. I just talked my ass. Like that was like me doing like Captain an Marvel season like, two. We Freaky don't Friday. Get, we don't Let's get body do switch movies yeah. anymore. But like, <laughs> that's just not true. Um, anyway, this is of course, as we said previously, what you get when uh, AC isn't here, but Jerome and I both are. Last week you didn't have it because Jerome wasn't here. <laughs> well, we, we're enablers. Is the thing. Um, also, one last thing that was from the AMA, which Jerome, you'll appreciate just because what you, you just had, even though you went to a wedding, technically, someone asked, Amon, are you excited to do things outside of the MCU? And she said something to the effect of, eventually, but right now I'm excited for a vacation, which, you know, <laughs> respect. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the end of Miss Marvel for now. Um, we obviously won't be taking a vacation. We're going to be doing, next week, we'll be doing a mailbag on both Thor, Love, and Thunder, and Miss Marvel. We'll actually be having Jerome's thoughts on Thor, Love, and Thunder, because he, of course, was not on the original. Thor, I'm finally Love, going to watch it uh, yeah. tomorrow, like, from the day of this recording, yeah. Because he was jet-setting, and, you know, <laughs> we, and we have to adjust to his schedule, because obviously he runs things around here. So uh, we're going to have his <laughs> thoughts. And until we get to She-Hulk, we're just going to be keep, we're going to be doing this stuff. You know us. I would say this, that we thrive the less there is to talk about, the more we thrive. Um, not that I don't because like all we about do them. when there is something to talk about is try to talk about anything else. Is uh, yeah, ex- yeah, oh, <laughs> truly incredible stuff. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so so please uh, wait. Uh, do I thank the guest first, or do I say the Patreon? I'm going to thank the guest first. I want to thank our guest. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> let, let's plug the Patreon first, and then we'll close out strong with our guest. I think. Okay, I great. think we. Yes. Perfect. All right, because yeah, because she has something big to promote. Our Patreon. <laughs> she has a book. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so. Our Patreon, patreon.com slash mcuniversitypod. We have a Discord, which today was really great because we had a lot of great Miss Marvel discussion. Um, a lot of There's actually some fun basketball discussion on there. There's some nice. 
TV discussion, some only murders discussion, which is a show where we're going to be doing a Patreon bonus episode on. We have a bonus episode on that coming out. Probably next week, we'll probably do a quick bonus episode about The Boys Season 3. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jake, who are you? Stuff. Who am I? What, what am I? Follow, where we follow you, who, all that oh, stuff. Let's get to you. Yeah, let's yeah. just get Okay, it. okay, okay. Yeah, you can follow yeah. me on Twitter at Jay Christie. Where can people follow you? Uh, Black Dragon Roll, Twitter, Instagram. And our steam guest, Preeti Shiver. <laughs> where can people follow you on Twitter first and foremost? Uh, run with Skizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S, is where what I am on all social medias. And you have something exciting coming out, and I, I mean, there's no way for me to know it. I mean, it's not all over <laughs> your Twitter, but do you mind telling <laughs> the folks what you have, which is genuinely very exciting, and the fact that you're spending time shortly before it comes out talking to us is really a, a great thing, so thank you. Uh, no, thanks for having me. As you know, I, I am promoting the crap out of this book. It is a book called Spider-Man's Social Dilemma. It's an original Peter Parker Spider-Man uh, upper middle grade novel, meaning it's for like 10 to 14, but anybody who likes Spider-Man I think will like it. It's the first book in a trilogy, and it comes out July 26th, and I really hope people buy it. Yes, for all, for you, if you're a Spider-Man lover, if you have you know, a niece or nephew that you don't really understand, you don't know how to talk to because you don't have any kids and you're like, oh, what do they like? And if they like Spider-Man, of course. If that um, TikTok sequence in the episode confused and scared you, I think uh-huh. it's a good, yeah. It, yeah exactly. <laughs> There's just a lot of different people, but I'm very excited for that. Uh, and uh, are you still doing the promotion with uh, the certain one bookstore? Um, in- yes. Yes, I am. Thank you for you're being welcome. better I'm I'm not a great host, but I'm okay. (laughs) No, no, that was good. Uh, Yeah, if you pre-order from Little Shop of Stories in Decatur, Georgia, I will sign the book for you because I'm I'm working with them to get signed copies out, and that is uh, anywhere in the United States. Wonderful stuff. Uh, And we want to thank the audience for listening of Through This Miss Marvel. And uh, you know, if you like what you hear, like I said, you can check out the Patreon or share the show with the biggest Marvel fan in your life or the second biggest Marvel fan. You might have two friends who like Marvel, but. For Preeti Chibber, for Jerome Chang, I've been Jay Christie. Talk to you later.